And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 220. And today we're going to continue our February extreme extravaganza. (laughs) Which I don't know. Is it going to last past this week, Christina? No. You need a break? Well, Valentine's Day will be over. (laughs) Oh, that's true. So she she just doesn't want to deal with it next week. That's what it is. Done. So what are we going to do for the following week? Oh, we got tons of movies. What are you talking about? Uh, all right, all right. But we can still come back to some of these, right? Oh, when you have a guest on? No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, when your guest no, host comes people on. People want to hear your opinion. Uh-huh. Anyway, so this week, guys, we're going to be talking about Necromantic 1 and 2. And after literally years of searching for the worst movie to eat lukewarm pudding to, <laughs> I think we found it. We did it as a team, gentlemen. We did it. Congratulations. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't uh, break out your pudding cups or any kind of food in general while watching these two movies. Uh the original one came out technically it was like 88 89. Uh-huh. But it was it says 87 and then the the second one came out in 91. So mm-hmm. it was like back to back just about. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to talk about necrophilia. Uh, have we ever talked about necrophilia before? Uh, I don't think so. Huh. Uh, I don't know why. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. It's You'd right f- up. It's right up our alley. We do it I all know. the time. There's weather. There's, uh, talking about what we're going to eat tonight. And then necrophilia. <laughs> That's our day. It's Monday. Yay, Monday. Necrophilia day. Somebody out there is like, you do not know the Satan-worshipping necrophiliacs that are out there! <laughs> it's the 5G. They're coming for us. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks and his band of merry fucking necrophiliacs. <laughs> anyway, yes. I feel like we get a little more leeway to talk about necrophilia and make jokes this one. And then we do then the, the, uh, last week, which, you know, seems a little out of taste. Right. You know, because it involves something that's actually more happening than, than this. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, is there such occurrences of necrophilia in the past? In fact, yes, there is. Nine out of 10 necrophiliacs are male. Oh my God. I'm shocked. And out of nine out of 10 philiacs, there's one female. Yeah. Okay. So. And they're in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is like before the the uh, male or the female uh, necrophilia movement happened. So because they've come out strong. 
Wow, you're a real pro with I'm this. I'm kidding around. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I was saying like, it should be more women, huh? It should be equal, right? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's what they say is there's more men than uh, women. Right. So interesting stuff. We got a lot of really fucking crazy trivia that's pretty interesting about these movies that I did some research on and some of the discs that we have. Because we got the actual physical copies from the Cult Epics one, which are actually pretty good um, if you can find them because they include a lot of the director's like short films and movies like Hot Love, which is in the uh, Cult Epics one. Uh, so, I mean, I, I know that there's other versions out there, but that one seems pretty cool to me. And it's got a lot of extras and features and stuff. But I would think that if you're going to get, you know, the, the pinnacle of uh, necrophilia, you'd want to get all the other bonus material from the director as well, which is, you know, some of the stuff you might not be able to get or ever see again. So it's kind of interesting to have, you know, it's not something we watch all the time. Obviously, we've talked about this last week. We don't. We won't get into that, okay? Don't worry, we won't be redundant. <laughs> um, we did have a lot of people that were writing to uh, to us in a very flippant way about uh, wherever we posted the episode and stuff, about like how distasteful it was to even watch this movie, or there's a lot of opinions about uh-huh. a Serbian film, so that was oh. kind of interesting to hear from you guys. Um, you know. And we never need to talk about it again. Yeah, well, I'm just saying this done. is going to be a little bit different because I don't think this is nearly as offensive as that or movie. Or intense. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, but expect some uh, greasy, fun, necrophilia jokes. So, Christina, how are you doing this week? Like, I, anything new happen? Uh, not much. What did the doctor have to change my diet again? Oh, neat. So. Yeah, yeah and I may be going on some, the, what is it? We're, you're, we are going to be doing Dash Diet. A reformed version it's of the Dash. Me- it's the Mediterranean. Before I went on tour uh, with Black Ops and did our band thing, I did this for like two months. And I like shed a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Like I was like pretty much getting the exercise from practicing every single day because mm-hmm. I was like petrified to forget something on stage. Right. You know, so I just kept practicing, practicing, practicing. But it turns out, you know, the best practice you'll ever get is literally in front of a live audience. So you just get better as you go. And then when you do it every night, it's like bang, bang, biggity, bang. But yeah, I was in really good shape until I got back from the tour, which I had been drinking the entire time. Right. And I haven't been on that since. So you can imagine I can barely get through doors. So. Stop, because I'm laughing and I feel bad. <laughs> it's really not that bad, but uh, but that's just she. <laughs> Sometimes when she pulls out the cart to get me in the car, like it's uh, <laughs> now we're now we're now we're stepping into the bad taste, right? <laughs> Screw necrophilia! Now you make fun of fucking big people like yourself. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we don't care. We don't care. Shine your fucking glorious bodies out there as much as you want, man. Be free just as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, okay? Right. Right. (laughs) Anyway, so I've been doing just, uh, yeah, trying to do some more videos on YouTube. We got uh, a new, I did a review of a movie called The Night from 2020. 
night. It was actually uh, about an Iranian couple or whatever. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. I'll have my stack of movies, which I still have sitting here. Movies that I picked up between the months of January or excuse me, December and January. So it's basically a little bit of a, a little late <laughs> by a month or so. We didn't get that much. So yeah, we didn't get that yeah. much in December because we'd spent so much money on so many fucking things. So we just, you know, waited until we did get some stuff and I did a big haul. There's some really good stuff in there, uh, stuff that we're going to add to the pile of the giveaway, too. So we'll be doing one of those eventually here in the next, I don't know, couple months well, or so. A, I got a box right here. Oh, you ready? already have a box? Yeah, ready okay. to go. Which one, which one are we going to do that for? Uh, uh, for coming back from vacation. <laughs> oh, were we supposed to do one? You fuck, see this? She's the manager, guys. <laughs> She's the manager. I fucked up. <laughs> I put it right here. I do everything I else. Said, I said, I said. That's her fault. Blame her. Don't take, don't fucking take me out to the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but we do give them out pretty frequently. So yeah, we do. I think we do a lot more than most of the smaller podcasts. You know what I mean? Like. Well, it's because I like, I like doing that. I like putting the box together. Right. But I'm just saying, like, you know, like, we, we, we're not rich people here. But, you know, we, we get by and we want to give back to the people that take the time out to listen to us. So, if you've not signed up for the BTV VIP Club, you need to go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our VIP Club section. Or it's on the front page. You can fill out your information as long as you're within... The United States and Canada, we usually ship it out. Otherwise, we'll try to figure out some other way. But yeah, if you haven't signed up, go ahead, sign up, and maybe you will win a big box of movies. Uh, stuff that we picked out, stuff that we get on a cheap a little bit. Sometimes it's some of our extra collection that we have that, you know, we've moved up a format. So we like get rid of those and we just give you away. So some of this is like our personal collection. But yeah, check out that video. See what we got new that we're going to be adding to the pile. And uh, yeah, that's about it. But I think it might be that time, Christina. What? Huh? <laughs> Horse shots! All right, guys. So, of course, we always pick one movie of the two movies we watch each week to pick a horror shot that's based around something in the movie. Clearly, we're going to do it around an erect penis because I'm just kidding. No, we're not actually. Because it was the best part of the movie. <laughs> God damn. How can you forget, huh? Actually, it was pretty small if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, dead dick is pretty small. I guess like turtle. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're talking like dead up. turtle dick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining. You're welcome. It's kind of like an innie. Anyway, uh, back to the more distasteful uh, drink that we're going to be coming up with here. It's going to be based off the first movie, which in the first movie, if you pay attention enough, there's like one small scene with where the guy who died comes from. And he happens to be an apple picker. So we're calling this shot... A rotten apple picker. <laughs> that's good. And what's in it, a rotten apple picker? Well, it's a lot of stuff that's going to kind of gross you out if you've seen this movie, but it actually tastes pretty good, I bet. What we did is we decided to take some apple pucker, because he's an apple picker. Come on. Then you're going to pour about a, a half a shot of that. Then you're going to pour a half a shot of E&J brandy. Then you're going to do a splash, a little skosh. Little skiddly skoshity, dead dickly, dead dickly skosh. Of of uh, 
grenadine on there. And then just to give it a little bit of texture, because this movie is greasy, gross, and fucking <laughs> chunky. All you have to do is put a little tiny bit of some grape jelly. Any kind of jelly you got really will work. We just had grape because that's the cheapest jelly. Yeah. <laughs> like if you got pear jelly or fucking apple jelly, even better, you know. But we had grape, so we're doing that in there. You want to have a little few couple of chunks so that when you take the shot, tickles your back of your throat, you know, let you know you're doing something you probably shouldn't and it's in bad taste, but really not harmful. And then you're going to take it. The best part is, and this is kind of a nod to the second movie. After you take this shot, you drink a nice cold glass of milk. <laughs> because that's what you do when you're playing with dead bodies. I guess so, Christina. Milk. I don't know. You seem to be the me. It's you, weirdo. Take your. If I find a dead dick in the fridge, I swear to God. Here, I'm gonna take the shot now. By the way, <laughs> there's already a dead dick. <laughs> you talking about sausages? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I got the shot right here. I'm not scared of it. It's got. She made it drip down the side to give it like a well, for the picture. Yeah, it's like for the photo. Okay. Well, cheers. Looks gross. Oh. Okay. Is it like sucking on a a dead? It dick? doesn't taste bad, but the jelly. Oh. That's the gross shit. Are you gonna make it? I don't know. It's the drink your milk. Drink that milk. Yeah, drink that milk. <laughs> yeah, can you might might want to wait on that a little bit before you puke. <laughs> Hey, hold on. Okay, neat. You did it. You're cool. Power <laughs> <Sorry>, shots. <laughs> anyway, Christina didn't take it because she didn't have to. Nope, I can't. I just can't drink alcohol. Oh, just enjoy your little self over there, huh? Mm -hmm. Little yeah, princess. I am. <laughs> Lucky me. I don't have to take these shitty shots anymore. <laughs> anyway, they're not shitty. You make people it think that. It says horse shit in the damn... <laughs> they're not <sighs> shitty shots. Anyway, so if you would like to try a rotten apple picker, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, now into the creme de la creme, the drip de la drip of the corpse de la corpse of necromantic from 1987 and Necromantic 2 from 1991 Return of the Loving Dead right now So Christina did the work on this one. We're going in chronological order, of course, because it'd be weird otherwise. Go ahead. A street sweeper who cleans up after grisly accidents brings home a full corpse for him and his wife to enjoy sexually, hmm. but is dismayed to see that his wife prefers the corpse over him. Hmm. Tagline of the film, a movie about love for man and what remains of him. Hmm. This movie is not rated, just so you know. Okay. Written and directed by Jorg Buttergreit. Jorg Buttergreit. He's directed an episode of Lex from 1999. In 2009, he did a film called Captain Berlin versus Hitler. He mm. did Green Frankenstein. From I saw that. Green Frankenstein? Versus. Oh. 
Captain Berlin versus Hitler. Oh, whoa. That's crazy. I need to see these. I'm curious what the fuck that's all about. I'm curious about the Green Frankenstein from 2013. And Mm -hmm. then he's done a whole bunch of shorts and documentaries. And he also, of course, did like Hot Love and Schramm. And these are the bigger known Oh, Schramm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, German angst, stuff -hmm. like that. So... Also, r- film is also written by Franz Rodenkirchen. Kirchen? Kirchen? Yeah, I guess so. Franz Rodenkirchen. There you go. Um, he also wrote Necromantic 2 and uh, The Death King. Mm. And then this movie stars Bern Dectari Lorenz, who plays Robert, you know, the main guy. Mm. Um, he's actually a director and a producer of, like, video movies straight to video movies um and he's done films such as milk uh boob house 2 mm. and he and he is also uh listed as a composer on this movie okay also starring Bertrice Man- manowski who plays betty who has been in such films as dropout from 1998 which she also wrote and she was in a movie called wings of desire mm. yeah and that's it. What do you think about this movie, Alex? Um, well, what is there to say about necrophilia that hasn't already been said? Hmm? Oh, I feel a lot of jokes coming on. No. <laughs> uh, it, it's just fucking gross. Okay. It's, it's creamy, chunky, Campbell's okay. necrophilia gross. Right. It, it's not a movie to eat dinner to. So. Just putting that out there. Do not eat food when you watch this movie. <laughs> it gets kicked off pretty quick. Not too bad. Although I do have a little bit of a question about anybody who, how their system works out in Germany about street street sweeping and shit and just picking up trash on the side of the road. <laughs> do they normally just handle bodies and shit like that? Like human bodies like that? I feel like there's an error here in some of the writing. Oh, you mean with like the trash bags? Yeah. Well, the body bags. <laughs> yeah, they called them body bags, but those were trash bags. Yeah, it was like Joe's fucking service or something like that. Right. Anyway, but... There's something about this film. It's like kind of like an art film mixed with like a fucked up, you know, sort of story. Not a lot of dialogue in this movie either. There's a lot of music that's played constantly. A lot of very romantic stuff. Um, there's more to it than that than just being gross and music and stuff like that, obviously. And there is a lot of reasons why Jorg made this film. Some because he was just a failed film student, some because he was pissed at Germany for its censorship, and all because he wanted to do something that had never been done before, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Which, whether you like this movie or not, whether you watch it or not, it is definitely something you've never seen before. So he's got that shit on lockdown. Mm-hmm. The practical effects that they use in this movie are pretty fucking gross, too, especially for this first film. I thought the skin in particular was just so... Ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt sheathy and, like, kind of like what dead skin would be like. Right. Sloshing over the fat cells in your body. Gross. Blech. It's pretty unsettling. <laughs> it looks really kind of good, actually. Almost too good at times, but, you know, you can kind of tell it's fake at some points, you know. It's just gross. But surprisingly, the most offensive parts of this movie are not the people having sex with a fucking corpse. Or reading corpses to poetry. But actually, it's the fucking animal death in the middle. 
Mm-hmm. One of a bunny that's that turned me off from wanting to look at the screen. I had to fast forward it because I was right. just like, eh. Yeah, we don't need. To I see don't that. need to, to see the artistic merit and and a real bunny death. Now they didn't shoot the death for themselves for this movie. It was nothing like that. This was like I think Is it I, like stock footage. Or something? It seemed like stock footage yeah, of like a guy who was like, okay, this is how you kill a rabbit and skin it. Like they're making a YouTube tutorial, <laughs> you know. In yeah, the I'm 80s. sure they have those all over the place. <laughs> this is how you skin a bit the dick. Here's how you skin a bunny. But yeah, I just didn't. That turned me off. I didn't want to see that shit. And it comes up in the movie like a couple of times. And throughout mm-hmm. different parts, so I think he was trying to make some sort of like artistic connection because he plays it in reverse at one point in time, and it's like, weren't you turned on? By- <laughs> Just kidding. Where didn't what? you like it turned I'm on? Kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> did you? Weren't you like interested in the backwards like thing, the backwards bunny? Thing? I did. It reminded me of uh, when that when they did that footage in that Nine Inch Nails video of the fox rotting. Oh, uh, okay. See, that's okay to me. That's like nature. And, and it is natural for people to eat rabbit, but I'm just saying, like, I just don't want to see a bunny get killed. Anyway, I'm right. a big pussy, whatever. The shit is, it's not something I want to see, period. So, <laughs> real or fake, but definitely not real. Granted, you know, he does use some, like I said, B-roll film for that moment. And it, it's played a lot, and I couldn't watch it, but the rest wasn't all that shocking to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's gross, it's creamy, and all that disgusting stuff that's in there. It was definitely not a hole I needed to fill in some sort of gap in my memory, <laughs> you know, with a greasy corpse fucking movie anytime soon. I didn't need that really, to be honest, like, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. It's a movie that it's like, Oh my God, a movie about somebody fucking corpses. Like, well, that's never been done before. Well, someone did actually, if you don't mind, here it is. <laughs> It's one of those kind of things. And Jorg is that person to do it. So to be honest, as as different as it is, there are long segments of music and scenes that are just a little annoying. Even if it's just gross to watch in some elements, those are few and far between the, the boring parts. The boring parts are very long. It's almost, mm-hmm. It felt like fluff just to like pad it out. And this movie isn't that long. It's only like an hour and 10 minutes. Right. So it's like... Part two was like an hour and 40 minutes. It was like he was making up for it or whatever. Right. His idea was to make this from the perspective of a necrophile. So not gross. What would be gross to us would not be for them. Right. But, you know, maybe necrophiles find this romantic. I don't know. Goal achieved. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not going to get into the big long spiel about how, you know, they protested this and that and like defending them or anything like that. Literally, it's as simple as like, I just wanted to do something so shocking and he was, like I said, pissed off at the school being kicked out. And it was just a culmination of all these different things. And he was like, well, what can I do to make a statement? Mm-hmm. He did make a protest film. This is a protest film. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in the trivia because Germany has a really big history of censorship. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into more of that later. This is not a movie you need to see. But like I said, if you've ever wondered, here it is. It will turn your stomach in some parts. It's not enjoyable, quote unquote, to me. I won't be popping it on for the next few years. I had my fill for quite a while until, you know, some friend comes over and goes, oh, you got necromantic? I'll be like, let's go, baby. <laughs> Who's this friend? Get your pants down and let's uh, get some some oils and liniments out. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, no, it's not something I'm going to watch very soon, but. Like I said, this is a lot more fluff in the movie than there is like those gross parts. But the parts that are gross are really gross. Mm-hmm. I, again, warning to those who just, it's just gross. 
It is. There's a lot of food, like, in between. So there'd be, like, this really gross fuck out, fuck scene or whatever, you know? Nothing, no penetration, by the way. Just, just FYI. Um, I guess it is kind of rapey, though, because it is a dead body and they didn't consent, but the bed, dead body's not really alive to consent to it. So, but it is, that was kind of rape. You can come back and haunt him, you know? I guess. Poltergeist on their, their shit. <laughs> the music is a little annoying too, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but you know, they had to do what they had, what they could work with. So just keep that in mind when you watch this movie. It's not like you're going to watch this for the music anyway. <laughs> it's not that thrilling, you know? Uh, I would probably give this a score of like a two and a half, you know, other than the gross shit, you know, mm-hmm. just as a film overall. Um, it's definitely its own thing. It's made for a specific person. It was made for him and he wanted to see what he could do with it. It's not going to transcend your life into any moving way or anything, but it's brave and pretty surprising someone made it. So. You know, there's one eyeball sucking scene that was really fucking gross, and I couldn't find any information about it on it. And I think that was a real cow eye or something. Gross. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Christina, what did you think of this fine film that I made you watch? Fine film. Have you ever yeah, heard thanks. of this, and where did you hear about this I first? I have heard of this. I can't. I don't think I've seen it. But did you hear about but, it uh, other than me? Yeah, totally. Okay. It's one of those those movies. Yeah. Now, Epic I say old. those movies because this is the kind of movie you see as a teenager. Right. Because like you, you and your friends get together and you're like, oh my God, did you see that right. movie where, you know, that chick fucked that dead guy? That movie's banned. <laughs> that movie's banned, Tiffany. We got to see that movie, Tiffany. Right. Well, you yeah, it's I mean? the whole, it's the whole like, here, smell this thing right. kind of thing. You right. know, like, yeah. no, I don't want to smell that. And you, when you're a teenager, you consume like, you know, movies like this. It's true. Like, yeah. I, what was it for you when you were young? Oh, Faces of Death. Faces of Death, totally. Traces of Death. Right. Which, it was all funny those. enough, the people that did Traces of Death actually are here in Arizona. Uh-huh. Those are the same company that, uh, uh yeah, same studios here anyway. Right. But yeah. But th- this movie was kind of boring. It wasn't kind of boring. Hold on, let me back it up. This movie was kind of stupid and really boring. It was a really boring movie and the the dead body stuff wasn't the shocking stuff like you said it was the animal stuff i did not like that it's almost like an art installation for a music video right exactly you know what i mean um but the ending is really hilarious yeah but it wasn't worth it wasn't worth sitting through all that to get to i mean i've never seen anything like that oh exactly exactly i forgot about that part too right but there's i think there was edited out of a few oh i would Things, well, yeah. Because in America, we have, like, the... Those laws. Yeah, well, it's, the, not, it's not laws. laws the, Sex is not... The censor. We'll get into that in the trivia, but go ahead. But, yeah, there's a lot of long in-between scenes, which of, like, them eating dinner, and then, like, there's this long movie theater scene, which they show a movie within a movie, it's just, and a long dream sequence, and then running through a field, like, <laughs> these weird scenes. And it was just a lot of filler and no thriller. Yeah. A lot of filler, no thriller. What about Diller? There's a lot of Diller <laughs> in did, this. I did a, I did uh I did jot down a lot of safety hazards from this film. Oh, just a <laughs> few, you think? Just a, just a few, just a few. So when they're clear, which I'm going to just go over. Are you okay, fucking see- serious right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. You mean other than the fact that it's a dead body and it's fucking oh, I didn't rotting? Even, I didn't even write that down. <laughs> 
So, okay, some safety ha- uh, some safety hazards. They were cleaning up bodies with no gloves on, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. And then the goddamn trash bags, like uh, we mentioned before. Or maybe this is something you should say for the uh, spoiler section. No, it's not that, no. Okay. I, it's just brief things. The horror shot, the guy's picking the apples. Okay, so this guy's picking the apples, but and then he has his hoe down like the hoe like the the gardening tool you know yeah. like face up you oh know? i thought you meant his wife i know that's why i had to clarify it was a gardening tool okay so he had a hoe up there while he was picking apples which is a bad bad safety hazard okay they were they went to the fucking movie theater which is no no because of covid you don't go to the movie theater in 1989 COVID. yeah oh also in the very beginning of the movie they were using a map which is bullshit. Why weren't you using GPS if you... Because you were right, using now you're using a map... Now you're getting out of control. Okay. You need to reel the fucking... Pull the bus over and let's fix the engine. <laughs> it's going to fucking blow up. All right. I also wrote down one more thought. I okay. think someone needs to write a country song about this movie. I'm sure somebody this, has. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I know because this is like the ultimate country yeah. song about a guy who lost his job. My and wife then- brought... My husband brought home a necrophilia. <laughs> we had a taste of his dick <laughs> and then he lost his job and then he lost his girl and then he killed the prostitute right it is a sad love story there yeah i guess so. but yeah two i gave it two two okay well we're not too far apart i guess at least it didn't get a one wow right so the baby rape gets a one yes okay <laughs> final answer okay well, there you heard it. Uh, so, yeah, this movie is definitely just one of those ones you pop on just to kind of test yourselves. I very much would think that this is like one of those like, you know, coming of age fucking uh, rites of passage sort of things that right. I talk about. You know, like when you when you're just up to no good as a kid and you want to watch something and, and it's just one of those things that sticks with you, I guess. Right. And I, I'm kind of glad I have it in a, in a regard, not because I enjoy the movie, but just because. Yeah, like, so we can show it to Patrick and Kelly's yeah, well, kid. And if we have. Know? kids i mean think about it that way we won't have kids that's what patrick and kelly's kids oh well we'll show it to them there we go there yeah. we go and we'll give them what about eight eight years old he'll be able to contemplate oh, yeah, all he, that he can he can grasp it that'll be good yeah cps <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so if you don't want anything spoiled about this movie it's really you're not missing all that much so, but the trivia is going to be the really big part of this, I think, because I found a lot of really interesting trivia that'll make you kind of interested. I'll try to warn you before we get into any scenes, if we do talk about that and just go straight to trivia. But for those of you that don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. All right. So Jorg said that he made the film, uh, in a sense, as a protest film because of the extreme censorship in Germany, which is what I was talking about before. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before. In fact, we were talking about when Brittany and I did the whole violent shit series, which if you guys want to check that out and see what we think of that, uh, that's another German made film by Andreas Schnoss. Back then, during this time when they were censoring all these movies, the censorship didn't thwart movies like this from being made and only created an underground for it to thrive. One that many filmmakers made, you know, shot on video films of. Because obviously, turns out after World War II, you know, they didn't want to have violence in their movies, you know, so it's like very subversive and they didn't want this to be propagandized to to desensitize people against murdering people and shit like that. Obviously, because Nazis are pieces of shit. Right. As they are today. Right. (laughs) And they always will be. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, they're obviously not too keen on subversive films, so they, you know, they put a little too heavy hand on some of the censorship for the movies. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre got fucking mm-hmm. like was was censored, mm-hmm. and that's really not even a gore. It's not a gory film at all. It's just a shocking film. It's the intent. Like there's one scene in it where the the guy where fucking the bad guy gets his leg cut open. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, but that was like you know. But it pissed a lot of people off, you know, and they couldn't see the complete versions of some of their favorite films, but they could still get the Fangoria magazine to t- that, that would tell them that these movies are coming out, mm-hmm. you know, so that they could dream about these kind of things. So they wanted to make movies that they could see that they were not allowed to watch and really push the boundaries. Because there is this weird law. There's different tiers of this law in Germany, by the way. Like the first one is well, you can you can make whatever you want. You just can't market it. You can't mail it to somebody. You can't oh. sell it. And then there's more extreme levels as you go you up. You can't hand out your mixtape. Right. Well, people were still handing out their SOVs because they weren't real. Oh. Shot on video. But honestly, it's people like Jorg and people like Andreas Schnaz who were able to push the industry. Many more, of course. I'm just naming a few. that were able to push the German censorship back a little bit so that they could watch stuff more than they would have been able to. Mm-hmm. And so you can thank those guys for doing it. You know what I mean? Especially Jorg here. Jorg also was, like I mentioned, was kicked out of film school. So that added to the anger of him wanting to make these kind of films. It took two years of working over weekends with his friends to make this movie. So they always had to get like haircuts all the time. The same haircut that they had before, you know, over oh. this two year process. And he very much liked to fuck with the mainstream because he was kind of a punk kind of kid. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to fuck with big companies, mainstream everything, because to him, anything that was unique was a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, rather than today's perspective, which is pretty much anything that's unique is kind of like, eh, it's not part of the... It runs in cycles. It's weird, right? No, Like, I'm not saying that people don't appreciate unique shit today, but it's not as, as a bigger thing as when we grew when up. When we were... It, when, yeah. Because yeah. we're like the X generation. And we were, everything was unique, and we were all like, you know, oh, I'm so different. Alternative. Yeah, I listened to this. Extreme. Have you ever heard of Ink Blob Fish Maggot? <laughs> no? Oh, that's because I'm better than you. But not hipster. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it, like, but it, it did have that element of it. Yeah. Um, he also said that he was making a movie from the perspective of the bad guys, which I mentioned. So he went from the view from their perspective rather than the typical cop who's recently been divorced because he loves his job so much and he's trying to stop the bad guys, you know, which was like a trope that's like way overused, which he thinks is why the movie's made such a huge impact, because that perspective is not a perspective that people really delved into in movies back in the day. Oh, you know what I mean? We're like, I mean, we're just thinking about it this way. We got a Venom movie. You know what I mean? We got a Deadpool movie. These are kind of anti-good guys in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's just now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not saying that we haven't had other movies. I mean, Freddy Krueger turned into pretty much like rooting for the bad guy. Right. Jason, all of that did. But it wasn't intentionally always that way. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, But he said it, it kind of created this sort of like gap in people's minds where they, they thought that the, the acts that were happening in the film, it made it somehow more acceptable. Like it was an okay thing. Where as he felt the opposite, like this is extremely gross and this is why we shouldn't like it. Why we shouldn't like necrophilia because this is how disgusting it is. You're going to make a mess in your living room. You know what I mean? That's, that's how he put it. 
Um, but he really just wanted to be unique about it and tell a story that hadn't been told from a very different perspective. And he went really far one way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also shot this film in guerrilla style making, which means basically he didn't get a permission for a lot of the shots and the things that they did outside. They just did it because they could. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they didn't have many takes for each scene. So they just kind of had to run with it. And because they also didn't have mics set up all over the place, they had to oh, dub. just put music over everything. Uh-huh. So, you know, this is we're talking about like, you know, I think it was eight millimeter camera. So, and the only distribution that they really got was to literally go to theaters to set up like screenings of this movie. Mm-hmm. They had like two or three negatives and they literally would take it to theaters and go, okay, we're going to show it here now. Mm-hmm. And then surprise people. And some people actually really thought like they got mail where they thought that they were using real corpses in the movie. <laughs> But, I mean, imagine this. Back then, on a grungy fucking 8-millimeter fucking print that they probably saw on VHS, which has been copied a million times. Right. You know, it's probably not that clear as it is we got to see it in 1080p. <laughs> Glorious dick tripping fucking 1080p. To be honest, for non-professionals of, like, effects and stuff like that, practical effects. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Like, it is definitely gross. It's not something that you want to eat, like I said, when you watch. And that's saying something. You know what I mean? Like, if it was so hokey, I would be like, let's eat a sandwich. You know, but it wasn't. (laughs) Yorg also made a pretty funny joke about how some people would say, how come you never made a remake of this film? A remake. Yeah. He's like, they're like, you got Texas Chainsaw. You got all these other films that got remakes. Why not Necromantic? And he said, well, the, the truth is. I never got a call from Michael Bay. Like, (laughs) I was like, oh, man. But he went on further to say that in America, part of the reason why this would never get a remake is because sex is a taboo thing. Like, you can never have sex. Like, that's the taboo thing. Whereas in Germany, sex is not and violence is. Uh So it's almost the extreme opposites. Uh You know, so pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Like, we, we glorify violence, but we don't sex and that's always been a conversation and things right right it's always when you mix the two mm-hmm. gore and violence or violence and 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 sex that people get really offended in this country mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if it's just straight up violence they don't give a shit but when you add sex it's kind of like when you talk about sex and you add food into it it becomes a little too gross or in these cases of these movies when you start eating a fucking meal <laughs> Directly after shucking a fucking dead cock. <laughs> anyway, there, Yorg also actually met Clive Barker without knowing it was Clive Barker. Uh-huh. He, you know, I told you he read a lot of Fango, right? Right. Well, at one of his premieres in 88 in Britain or something like that, he said that he met Clive and then he thought back and while he was actually making Necromantic... He remember looking through the Fango pages and they had an article about Hellraiser where a woman was like uh, kind of standing over a, a dead body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, fuck. He's like, fuck, man, I'm fucked. He's like, there's some fucking American who's got a ton of fucking money. He's going to make a movie like mine oh. and not do it over the weekends. And he, <laughs> which is even more infinitely funny because if you really look at like Yorg. And fucking Clive Barker, 
they do have a lot of sex and violence in their movies. Uh-huh. Like Hellraiser specifically right. has like that element of like grotesque sex and violence. Mm-hmm. Which really made it stamp, and he's never shied away from that in his books, clearly. Right. Uh, his books are fucking detailed as fuck about cold semen dripping down the leg of somebody in fucking Nightbreed or Cabal. Isn't that what it is? I don't know. I think so. Um, but he said that the funny thing is, is that he met him before and he didn't even realize it till he put that two and two together. And then he was like, wait. Oh, he's like, that's Clive Barker. Because Clive Barker went up to him and said, how the fuck did you get away with the cover of this movie? Oh, uh-huh. And Yorg was like, I didn't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just did it. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. They, I, I feel like they have a very similar, you know, obviously Clive is the more, you know, right. bigger name. But, you know, they both kind of add those kind of elements to their films. Makes sense. You know what I mean? So, it's kind of interesting that, they, that, that Clive actually got to see a screening of Necromantic. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. So one last one and uh, we'll get into our scenes here. We'll just kind of briefly talk about spoilers or whatever. Jorg said that part of the inspiration for making films in general or just yeah, doing whatever he wants is watching Pink Flamingos by John Waters. That's such a good movie. He was like, oh, my God. He's like, this guy's doing what he wants. Right. And he was. John Waters really did do whatever oh, the yeah, fuck he, he wanted. And he made it good. Oh yeah, he did some good mainstream productions yeah, too, he did. but uh but you could tell that that was him taming it back a little bit. Right. You know, but he wanted he was kind of like the cool guy of the back in the day. Right. And Jorg thought he was cool as fuck. He was like, "Oh man, I want to be as cool as fucking John Waters, man." Mm-hmm. And it's funny he said years later he even got to interview John Waters and John Waters even gave him a note like a credit for the movie and it's like, "Finally, uh, uh, <laughs> finally a movie for necrophiliacs, <laughs> which sounds like something John Waters would say. Right. You know? He's the king of pushing it too far. <laughs> um, you know, and, and John Waters enjoyed his films, actually. So, but yeah, I thought that was really kind of cool that, you know, you know, meeting your heroes, you know what I mean? Once you mm-hmm. have done something, you know. Right. Maybe, maybe his, his Hollywood star isn't very bright to most of you people who were just hating on necrophilia. But it's a star nonetheless. And if you haven't made a movie, go fuck yourself, I guess. Right. He had the balls to do it on the first few tries. Well, it's, like, it's just like, even if we don't like movies, like, I didn't like this movie, but, you know, still props for him for doing Oh, 100%, you know? dude. Like, I, I don't... It, this bothers me less than last week. That stuff is a little bit right. more... But even that, I'm like, you know, maybe I don't want to see it, but... Right. I'm still, you know, as long as it's not real and it's not necessarily glorifying it but right. then, but what's the the line i mean because we have movies that do glorify murder and shit like that but, but you can still make them you know what i mean you can still make those movies i mean yeah, but what's the line though if we're not allowed to glorify murder no, and sex and every, violence and all everyone's this shit? line is different right well, i'm just saying as a as a country or something you know what i mean there's a lot of movies that have right. pushed the boundaries like natural born killers even though that's not really that bad but it's kind of Oh, but at, when it came out, it yeah, the like, people were like, people were like, like they wanted they to be Mickey like, and Mallory, oh. dude, and they, even in the movie they made that that kind of distinction about it too, right. so it was fully aware, <laughs> right? But but they were really kind of mocking society at the time because they were like, oh, they're so cool, you know, like like Sid and Nancy and like Mickey and Mallory. I don't know, just something to think about. Is there anything that you want to bring up that you want to talk about in this movie? Uh, I know you already brought up a couple of scenes that. I did write down in the beginning 
did you notice that there's two scenes where two different people are peeing? I thought that was odd. <laughs> I was like, is this movie just going to be a bunch of people peeing? <laughs> like, that's oh, the first. yeah. That was the first impressions I got. Yeah, the thing that weirded me out is why the fucking trash people are cleaning up bodies. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you like, think isn't the police? It, yeah, like, you, isn't it the forensic yeah, team? Yeah, shit? you don't just pick up bodies, dude. Right. It's like somebody, and they made it seem like, oh, shit, there's a dead body in the canal. And they just call this place and they come pick it up. Right. And throw it away. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I love how, like, he just wanted to make it as filthy as possible because, like, <laughs> like, like the dude wears these white overall, like, things. Like hazmat suit. Like thing. a hazmat suit type thing. But then when he's done work, after he's picked up dead bodies and shit, apparently, he puts his regular jacket over top of it. <laughs> <laughs> don't give a fuck. Like, what? What is the point like, of even wearing they that? They don't even wear gloves. Like, I don't get it. They're picking up blood and shit. I know. And, like, really, you're not going to put them in gloves? You're not going to put them in gloves? Right now. Well, and the funny thing is he's so me. meticulous and careful about all the little pieces he's stealing because the first body they find, he takes the eyeball mm-hmm. and puts it in his pocket and takes it home. Puts and he has, like, jar. a collection of, like, body parts in jars and shit everywhere. And even a tube with all just eyes. And it's like, right. okay, until he gets the second dead body. And they're like, all right, you take care of this one. And he was like, all right, I got it. And so they bring... He brings home the body to the baby, to the lady, to the Betty, who's like been bathing in fucking blood, blood or something. I don't know what rotted meat blood. I don't uh, actually. I think that's in reference towards almost the end of the movie Mm -hmm. when he brought that cat because I thought he brought that cat for her since like so she she could have a new one. No, it was so they could kill it, which is what he ended up doing anyway. And then he bathed in the cat blood. Okay, as, so a, as a memory, like, a, like a, oh, we used to do this together, we used to kill cats and bathe right. in the blood. Because oh, that's so what she, she was doing in the beginning of the movie. Is the that what she was doing? Because I don't she remember that. She was bathing that. in the blood. Yeah, but you and don't I, know why. I'm assuming, I'm just assuming, because okay. they like to kill things. Well, that definitely makes sense, but I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. This is the part, like, that when he brings it home, though, it's like, it just kicks right into battle, well, you gotta hurry up because the thing's gonna like fall apart. You well, know? And, 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 and instead of it being like the typical porno music, obviously, it's piano music. It's beautiful piano music. Well, beautiful. <laughs> it's like do 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 yeah. do 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 do. It's like happy. Dude, it, it's, it's repetitive like, as fuck. Is what God. it was. It was really getting on my nerves after a while. It really was. Um, no offense. I mean, I know they had what they had, and they had to work with what they got. So you know, at least there was something there. Right. But yeah, she kicks it off, and this is the part. Like when okay, first of all, when you buy the necromantic one and two, uh, the opening fucking you know menu is literally this scene. <laughs> it's the worst scenes in the movie. At that moment. They cut off a pipe, and then they stick it where the penis goes on the corpse, right? Right, they, they kind of, like, then, soft right into his fucking pelvic area. And then she puts a condom over it, you know, because safety first. Right, because that's when you really care. Yeah. You don't want to get any necro up in your... And then that's how she does that. But what I thought was gross about that whole sex scene was her, they were sucking the eyeballs out of the That's corpse. what I was talking about. That's the cow eye. Right. And it was a real eye, dude. Yeah, it totally was. He put it in his mouth for like five seconds. 
I know, I can't even. Okay, moving on. Sorry if you guys, uh, oh yeah, I should have probably mentioned that this is probably not the lunch special you're going to want to order for <laughs> fucking your ears this week. <laughs> They're like, well, I was going to listen to BTV, but then they started talking about cows and eyeballs and fucking drippy dicks and shit. <laughs> But then, then as soon as they're done having this like immaculate sex scene where she's rubbing all over this greasy shit. You don't have to describe it. And she's like kissing its greasy lips and stuff, which I found out later they were using like, like, uh, jellies and stuff like that. Oh, like, gelatin? The, no, 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 jelly, like jelly, like food jelly. Oh, uh huh. So that, that when you would kiss and stuff, it wouldn't be disgusting. You know, it's all fake, right. obviously, but it looks real. Um, and kudos to the women that did these movies, because holy shit, I don't know if I could do that shit. You know what I mean? They're fucking, they're, some, they're on another level. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but as soon as they're done doing all this fucking together as, the, as a family, they eat this huge fucking meal, this great they, big meal of eating. steak and corn. And you're watching them eat for like 10 minutes. It and they're longer. smiling at each other the whole time. And the, it's longer than the sex scene. Probably. Them eating dinner. <laughs> Eventually, you know, he loses his job because he keeps showing up late because they keep fucking the corpse. And there's this one scene where she's like, before he loses his job, she's all reading poetry to the corpse and like rubbing her leg up and down his his leg and shit. Because she's so in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's when they uh she 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 leaves him because you know you know despite the fact that they're going to they're bonding on a level that pretty much is like one in a billion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about soulmates here, <laughs> the odds of you finding somebody willing to fuck a corpse with you is pretty fucking slim. And this bitch. <laughs> He comes home with a nice old body for her. She and he fuck it. And what she do? Leaves him because he loses his job? Right. What a bitch. You ain't going to find nobody else is going to fuck a fucking corpse like that. You hit the goddamn jackpot. Let alone one that's going to bring on home to you. Well, maybe she didn't need a man. Maybe she figured out she could do it on her own. Oh, all she needed was the cold, fleshy chunks of... Sir, rotten apples. Sir Rotten Apple. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird, right? Like to be mad at somebody because they lost their job. Like, isn't that just uh, a little weird? No. Anyway. <laughs> Stress. Anyway, she leaves. He brings her in with the cat. You mentioned the cat, and he does the same thing with the cat. And then they he uh, is like going through withdrawals with uh, the corpse and everything like that. Was that weird? Was it a dream sequence where he, he's like, it's a dream of him and, and that he's dead while a girl brings him a head in a box and they walk off playing catch with the head. Yeah, <laughs> that was like a 10 minute scene. too. It was like a love scene, I guess. I don't know what it meant. And then he's like looking out for a prostitute so he can have sex with her in a graveyard and she and then he kills her. He kills her because she laughs at him because he can't get it up because she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> so he breaks her neck and then. And then fucks her corpse, pretty much. Right. And then has the balls to just sleep there all night, by the way, because he's just so satisfied, you know? Savage. And and then the fucking groundskeeper comes in and he chops his head off. That was kind of oh, cool. Oh, this is another safety hazard thing is the, 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 the cemetery guy. Okay, so they're laying there, right? So the cemetery, the cemetery guy 
comes up with a shovel and he throws the shovel at the guy, at Robert. Yeah, he hands him the weapon like, yeah, here you yeah. go. And then Robert just like decapitates his oh, head with a shovel. Oh, thanks, guy who just found like, me fucking a dead body. So, yeah, if you ever walk onto some, walk up to somebody who just fucked a dead body, don't throw a shovel at them, please. Maybe yeah. you should use the shovel on them. <laughs> Christina's safety tips. <laughs> <laughs> Book comes out in August, guys. Uh, there's a funny scene after that with him running around all happy, and he's like, yay! He's like frolicking or whatever, and there's like kites and shit, and it's like he's like found love again, but then it's like short, short-lived, and so then he ends up trying to kill himself. Oh, he by, does kill himself. Yeah, he stabs himself, and this is the, 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 the big one. This is the big one, guys. Hilarious ending. He, he grabs a knife, sits on the bed, starts stabbing himself, pulls his dick out while he's stabbing himself in the stomach. He's fully erect. And as he's killing himself and on his last gas of air of stabbing himself, he literally squirts cum out of his fucking fake penis onto his legs. Cum and blood. Right. Like, at first, it's like milky, and then it's happiness red afterwards. <laughs> You're getting really descriptive with these fucking uh, scenes. But that, yeah, that is. a happy scene, little red drop there. That was there. really hilarious. That was the, the we, most hilarious part of the We movie. did laugh at that. And I know that's kind of funny, but I mean, it's gross, but. Yeah. That was like, and he pulled back for that wide shot, too, for that dick. They took one take on that. I think, I, mean, I think he said he did two or three, but I could uh, be wrong. It was a little hard to understand his accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it was like on a stage where they were like recording the sound off off a mic off of, you know. Oh. So they weren't like recording it live from the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very end, they show a grave and a woman with a high heel digging into this grave. His grave. Because mm-hmm. he gets buried. Which brings us to... Necromantic 2! <laughs> All right, guys, we'll try to speed through some of this. So there's some funny parts in there, too. Mm-hmm. Not as much trivia on this one. I pretty much covered a lot of that. But I do have some trivia that's kind of interesting and in where this movie came from and everything. So you might want to stick around for that. But Necromantic 2 was made in 1991. It's called Necromantic 2 Return of the Loving Dead. Lame. Same director, obviously, Jorg Butterreit. And it stars Monica M., who plays, get this... Monica. Monica? <laughs> Everybody seems to play the same part as they did the same name as their like self. I guess that's just a choice some directors make. This would not be the type of movie I'd want to have my real my, name yeah. on. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't care. But uh, she's done a few films. She has worked with him again, actually, with Strom. So it was this film and Strom. She never did uh, Blossom as a uh, actress. She's very committed, though, so I th- I think she, that was a missed opportunity for some people. That, that girl did a lot. <laughs> um, it also stars Mark Reeder, who plays Mark, of course, who's the love interest that the Monica chick meets, and he's been in a few things, actually. He's also a composer, by the way. He was in Joan of Arc of Mongolia, Der Totus King, which is the Death King, this movie, and, of course, The Party, Nature Morte. He just played a drunk in that last one. But, yeah, he's done some music and some sound and stuff uh, for, like, Berlin Live. Oh. Yeah, like, some pretty big things, like Lust and Sound and West Berlin B-movie. Um, so he's done some stuff, you know. 
He was also a composer for the Captain Berlin versus Hitler movies, so they had oh. kind of a working relationship with each other. Makes sense. It also stars we have returning cameo, obviously, from Beatrice Manowski, who played Betty in the first movie. She shows up briefly in this one as well. So, uh, Christina, what did you uh, think about this fine film? Well, the corpses look better in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it was way more boring. Again, with the long in-between scenes, which were even longer in this. I never in my life thought I would be saying this, but I think this movie needed more sex with corpses. (laughs) Wow. Again, with the animal fucking shit, which was not pleasant, um, but it just wasn't interesting to me at all. It was bland. I don't know why I put it in there. It's more... uh... This doesn't make sense, but whatever. It's just our personal opinion. Right. And I swear to God, if I have to hear piano music, I know, dude. I am going to flip the fuck out. I am so <laughs> glad we're done watching these movies. I'm not going to really get into It's all just negative stuff. I'm not really going to get into it. Well, well, let's put it this um, way. Do you think, did you think this one is a step up in the right direction if you had to pick it? No. Between the two? No. You think the first one's better? No, I don't think it's better. I think it's like, the same but this one's more boring it's okay boring. well there's longer parts yeah it's longer yeah, yeah, yeah i see what okay, you mean you see what i mean yeah okay i'll still give it a two two out of ten okay but i mean i i i yeah. is that all you have to say about it yeah okay well this one to me is probably the better story even if it does have more scenes of the the regular nonsense with music and shit like that mm-hmm. but this had more of a storyline like way more, way more thought out because it has a lot more going on with the love interest and all oh, yeah. the different people. There's a lot more characters in this. So they actually have more dialogue. There is a lot more scenes. Boring and scenes. and as the director put it, if you took a couple of scenes out of the movie, it would be a perfect love story. So, you know, obviously the violent sex parts it could be a love. He just that's his joke. Just let him have it. Okay. Calm down. Um. It's definitely, I think, a step up in the practical effects department as well. And it goes for the strong female lead this time instead of the male lead, of course, which is uh, different for its time, I think. Mm -hmm. Following the events of the first movie and tying them together, which was kind of cool. Plus, like the first movie, it has, of course, the orgasmic finale. Mm Got to have that of some sort. Different, but orgasmic. But it's pretty much more of the same. It has... You know, even a baby seal this time instead of a bunny that they slaughter in the movie, which I had to fast forward through. Uh, some of the characters in the movie are literally sitting around as friends watching it for some reason, like enjoying it and eating chocolates, which they make a big point in this movie to add food every disgusting part. Right. You know, With like the they always do and, it. Milk, yeah. the fucking chocolates, the fucking <laughs> eggs. Remember? Yeah. Like it's always something, dude. Like. I think it's an artistic thing. I don't know. I think it's just to try to freak people out, make them feel uncomfortable, honestly. I don't really know if it's artistic. But hey, if it is, I'm wrong. The body in this one is a bit more on display, and they do do a lot more with it as well. But, you know, it's still greasy, still gross, still chunky. Loads of people eating after these disgusting things occur, like I just mentioned. Much like the first. (laughs) It's a lot longer with a lot of the same obligatory events that take place, like dream sequences and some of the same music over the entire film. All that romance to kind of help move the movie along Mm -hmm. in some respect, even though it didn't really work for me. 
They even have a weird part where the main star is singing like a, a musical or something like this this time, mm-hmm. which I thought was really weird. And I'm not sure if that was her real voice, by the way, but whatever. Weird nonetheless. If I had to pick between the two of these, the first one and this one, I would probably say this one was more fun because we were making jokes a lot more. True. We were. You know, as whereas the first one was more just like, okay. What's going on? Yeah. So the original is like a little kind of green around the, you know, it's new, it's fresh. It's something he learned a lot from making that film and he applied it here. Mm -hmm. I, I think. In comparison, anyway. But both are pretty much equally gross. But the finale in this one, I think, is just slightly bit, a slightly bit better than the, than the oh, first then, one. Well, yeah, I guess. It, while the first one was funny and it's just gross. Right. This one just feels more put together, fleshed out, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and we really did find it funny. We were making fun of different parts of it. Like, oh, we were, we were just like, you know, and I'm not to try to sound rude or be weird, but it's, it's just, it's the best we could do to make uh, use of the long spots that they had of, um, just no dialogue and just mm-hmm. music and stuff like that. So we were just like entertaining ourselves a little bit. Um, still not a movie that you'd want to, watch with friends while eating pizza and pudding so (laughs) i would put that on the back burner for that but watch it with a friend and then maybe make jokes along with it i mean i didn't it's got a scene in it that i think serbian film pretty much stole from what scenes i don't know what you're talking about we'll talk about it in the spoilers okay there's a scene and i think serbian film stole oh controversy Let's sip some tea. Let's spill some tea, Alex. Let's spill some tea. Uh, I don't know about that. That sounds dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to spill some yogurt. (laughs) That's gross. That is not how I meant it to sound, actually. fucking gross. Let's spill some yogurt over here. Like he did at the end of the first film. So, yeah, I would probably give this movie, I don't know. Let's see. Two. 3.5. Five, oh. maybe four just for the maybe comedic four. value and some of the, the death scene at the end but it's so boring i i, I again i'm just saying like compared to the you're other wrong, one you're wrong we right. did have a, a better time watching this film regardless if you thought it was long well it's because it is long i'm not saying it isn't it's long and boring okay calm down Anyway, so we do have some trivia, not that much, but some interesting stuff about why they made this movie and, like, what was the inspiration for it. There was an inspiration and a few funny tales, little stories that Jörg taught us. Okay. For your wonderful ears. So, if you don't want anything spoiled, then here is your warning. So, Jörg said that when he got the idea that, you know, most people who write horror movies, they write it from the perspective of a male. So that it would be enjoyable for men. Do you know what I mean? Right. And he thought it would be different and unique to do it from a female perspective, which I think was pretty uh, yeah. ha- ahead of its time for its time, for sure. Yeah. You know, and you can tell that it is pure uniqueness that he's going for, not necessarily some sort of political reason or political reason necessarily. Um, he's just like, oh, you know, let's do something different. You know, like that's how I see him. Um but he also thought it was an important thing to do since it wasn't done a lot. And he thought, you know, you know, let's do it. So what, who gives a shit? Which he said is, uh, you know, kind of difficult to do because he's obviously not a woman. But 
the fact that he did it and it worked well and apparently it played well to women, they'd actually showed it at a female festival. Oh, wow. Like an all-female directed, you know, mm-hmm. festival or whatever, you know, that, that would inspire women to be a part of film and oh. horror and shit like that. Uh-huh. So, and it, it aired there, so he said he must have done something right, mm-hmm. you know. The lead actress, the Monica woman, she said she liked the idea of the woman being the aggressor instead of the man. Mm-hmm. But she's not really into the whole sociopolitical, like thing either mm-hmm. and she feels liberated anyway she doesn't need to prove it to anybody right and obviously she's pretty liberated if she can fucking grind a fake corpse <laughs> in my opinion because hell yeah i mean it's not it's not like it turned me on it's disgusting um and she liked his film in the first one because she saw it and she thought it was like really unique and saw it in that vision like everybody like like he did in fact, she went to the theater to go see some other movie. I don't know what it was, she said, but she ran into him, the director, and he said, hey, do you want to be in a movie? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, sure. And he was like, yeah, I'm Jorg. Have you seen that movie? And she was like, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then she said, yeah, I'll do this part. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I still don't know. I mean, like, that's saying something. Like, I'm not saying that, like, there's something wrong with you. You can act in this part, but you have to be a very special, different person to take on a role like this. Wouldn't yeah. you think? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like you this isn't some... like playing like some character, you know, this is like committing your body to the whole fucking thing, too. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That would have like, freaked me out. I wonder if I would have like nightmares about that shit, you know? Probably. Would... She probably has like PTSD and shit. Nah. She's probably like, <laughs> God, every time I have jelly, I think of that dead body. You know what I mean? <laughs> Old raisin lips, I miss you. But this was shot just after the Berlin Wall came down, and it was shot in East Berlin. So mm-hmm. this was like a movie that was very pinnacle point, which in a lot of ways, these two movies, Jorg said, reflect Berlin in a lot of ways, because apparently a professor, somebody he was friends with, wrote a like 20-page article about the comparisons that you could make to the, his first film and the second film of the Berlin Wall coming down. Oh. So I thought that was like really interesting. interesting. And I also mentioned that how the first film, how the censorship sort of works in Germany and how they will censor anything that glorifies violence as a sort of catch all for any Nazi possible propaganda that might resurface. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't want that to happen again, obviously. Movies like Texas Chainsaw were censored and banned there. So Necromantic 2, they actually raided his home. And wanted to cease all the negatives, not just to keep it, but to destroy it. Oh. Yeah. So in court, where he was, you know, over several, a long while, a couple of days or so like that, when they had this court case and everything like that, he spoke that, you know, they were like, this is glorifying violence. And he said, glorifying violence would be saying that everything in this movie or in these movies was a good thing. He's like, when of course it's not. Right. It's, it's just gross. But he said that he believed that. In order to show just how bad violence was and how you shouldn't be a part of it is to show you how gross it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so he and that professor who wrote that 20 page article got him out of a situation and they never destroyed the negative or any of his stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting, like just how th- close that came. He's like, it's funny because like I'm he's like when he was talking about this, he was at the Beyond Fest and I think it was like 2015 or 2016. And he was like, if they could only see me now talking to a large audience, 
Right. You know, in the future, 25 years later. Right. About that movie. How would they feel? You know, like, right. how would they feel? He says, it's just so weird. Uh, he's like, so now I'm an artist, apparently, because they <laughs> they thought of it because of the whole Berlin connection with the Berlin Wall and everything and how life and your, your fucking death and all this other stuff. He wrote this really nice, elaborate piece, I guess. And it became an artistic statement because of it. Oh. So he was set free to do movies. And he was like, you know what? I think that's pretty much it. That's all I want to do. But while he was shoot, while he was going to court for Necromantic 2, he was actually making the movie Shram, which is a kind of like a kind of a story about a murder, murder. It's like a murder mystery sort of thing. No. What do they call it? It's like a true crime mm-hmm. about a serial killer and like how they get to the point where they're going to kill. And he thought uh, that was fascinating and he did it. He didn't even consider it a horror film. Right. But it is pretty subversive and it's got some pretty fucking fucked up sexual stuff in it. Mind hunters. I, I, I actually think I have a VHS copy from back in the day <laughs> still of that movie. It's not one of those movies I really enjoyed so much, but it's interesting that he was making it during the time he was in court for Necromantic 2. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot going on. But he also got awards for Shrum. So. That's a something. From Germany, yeah. Uh, but part two is actually based off a real occurrence of a woman who was a necrophile. Her name was Karen Greenlee, who was born in 1956. And she's an American criminal who was convicted of stealing a hearse, having sex with the corpse it contained. She's considered as the best known modern practitioner of necrophilia. Wait, what was her name? Karen Greenlee? Yeah. G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E. I need to tell Bailey Sarian. <laughs> well, and her case was the subject of much, you know, research due to her gender. Remember I mentioned that thing about how necrophiliacs tend to be male, 9 out of 10? Mm-hmm. She was like the anomaly. Right. So there was like this really highly detailed interview that she gave about her extensive practice of necrophilia in the anthology book called Apocalypse Culture that was edited in an editor and produced by this guy named Adam Parfrey, who died in 2018, by the way. He was an American journalist and editor and publisher of the Feral House Books, who he basically spent a lot of his time, free, you know, like centering on the unusual, the extreme or forbidden areas of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So like maybe like cannibalism or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. But he sheds light on subjects that society prefers to leave unexplored, and he pretty much carved a niche catering to those of us who have an obsession with life's darkest, most depraved sides. So a lot of people who are into this kind of stuff, if you ever want to check out that book, it's called Apocalypse Culture. Interesting, interesting thing. But Karen Greenlee, and this is the really funny thing, and this is the last bit of trivia. So Karen Greenlee, it was still alive. When he made Necromantic 2. Uh-huh. And she got to see Necromantic 2 and enjoyed the film. In the film, because he was basing this off of that woman, he was using some of her paintings. Oh, in the film? In the film, in the background, in the girl's uh, hotel oh, or, or her apartment complex or whatever. Oh, okay. So, like, Karen was pissed off. Really? That she didn't, he didn't get her permission to use her artwork. Uh-huh. And she was like, you know, if you make a part three, then I want to be sort of a creative consultant uh-huh. on part three, if you're going to use my artwork. Right. 
And he was like, shit, I didn't even know. I thought she was in jail or something, you know? It was just <laughs> not many fucking necrophiliacs around, you know? They're not very vocal bunch, you know? <laughs> As her, especially, like... She like just details everything in the in these interviews and stuff. Wow. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I didn't get to read into those so much, but I'm just like, oh god, Disgusting. like, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, you probably knew, but they used a fake skeleton inside this body. Yeah, you can in, tell in part two. And you can tell because when they're sawing. Yeah, it was looked. They did a good job though. I thought they did a really good job on that. That was like like the consistency of the thing. He said it was like ninety five kilos. Which I don't is, even know what that means. He's, it said it was heavier <laughs> than him as a person. Oh, okay. Like the body was right. So when she's probably like, what they used in it. Yeah, because what they they did layers. They you know like put the guy in a cast and mm-hmm. everything. And it looked really like ugh. Mm-hmm. It was ugh. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the trivia. There were some funny scenes that we were talking about that we thought were kind of funny. I liked how uh, so Monica they so Monica dug him up right. And I yeah, like... Yeah, it's a different girl than his ex. Right, because at the beginning, you know, you don't know that. We think it's his ex. Yeah, we think it's just the ex, but, you know, maybe she changed her name or something. Maybe but it was then, intentionally supposed to be the ex, but then he changed it afterwards. I don't know. But then she shows up, Betty shows up. So I like that they added that scene after the body was dug up, and she was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and she's all wrecking his grave even more. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, and then I... I like how they made the Mark guy, how his job was he did voiceover for porn. Yeah. That was Which I can't really think, I I can't think or imagine that that'd be a very high paying job. Right. He made an honest living though. I guess. (laughs) What I love is that when he meets Monica in this movie, that all of a sudden the job ain't no boring thing anymore. And he's like, comes into work because they have the scene where he's like at work and he's like, uh, uh, and they were like, do it again. Put some fucking spunk into it. Uh, uh, uh. And then, then one day he comes in after meeting Monica. And, and then one take and he was perfect. Yeah. She was like, damn. Yeah. That was good. Even the girl that's next to him doing the girl voices was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the new girl brings home the greasy ass corpse, Robert from the first movie. She unsheaths his cock and she is rubbing her body all over it. But they do something different in this one. She actually gets sick from the smell. And she throws up. She throws up. In the toilet. Right. So it's almost like then she washes his body down afterwards and dresses him up like it's her boyfriend. And she's taking pictures with him, like selfies and shit with him. Yeah, like, hey, we went to the carnival. You know, like, not outside, obviously. But But I thought it was funny. I was like, well, now they realize that you should wash the body down. Jesus Christ. (laughs) The first one, they were like all about the guru. And then I liked how her and Mark met. Mark was going on a date with another woman and meeting her at a movie theater and told the, the other woman not to be late. And of course she was late. And that's when Monica came up and he offered the other ticket since that chick was late. And that's how they met. That's that right. Funny. Yeah. That was funny. And then the movie they were watching, which was fucking like 15 minutes of them just watching this movie, these two naked people sitting at a table eating eggs. Like hard-boiled eggs. Oh, that, that was weird. Like, was they weird. go to the, the movie theater, and they're watching this, and it's like, it's very clearly bad, but, like, it was a movie, a scene that they shot. 
for this movie. Right. So it wasn't from anything. It was literally for this movie. Right. And he's like, well, see, now you know why I like conversation like that instead of porn. Because the, the actresses, the actor and the actresses in the movie that they were watching in their move in this movie mm-hmm. were both nude, just standing across each other talking about ornithology. And it's just so riveting. <laughs> He's talking about birds, basically. Mm-hmm. And just over and over and over and over and over again. And, and they watched the whole fucking thing. I'd have been like, what the fuck is this movie, dude? And they're eating eggs the whole fucking time. And they decide to go home after the fucking date to eat eggs. Like, don't you think you had enough? <laughs> I would not. They're like, damn, man, those eggs look good. So she's obviously falling for the guy. So then she decides to cut up the corpse. Oh, so yeah. She, she drags the corpse into the bathtubs and start, starts sawing him, but decides to keep his penis and put it in the fridge. And he also which, kept the head. Which they show her sh- slice off his genitalia and put it on a plate with some saran, saran wrap, wrap around. And she <laughs> just puts it right on in the fridge. No big deal. A little dick cake for everybody. And then I did like how she put the rest of the body into body bags or AK trash bags. And then she... She put it back in his grave. <laughs> right. Like, I wouldn't want my fingerprints and shit all over that. That's 1991, dog. <laughs> you gotta be a little more careful than that. They didn't have cameras. And I don't nobody know. Nobody was looking for that guy anyway. I don't even think anybody cared. Yeah, she was just like, fuck that guy. Fuck his body, <laughs> stupid bitch. But she kept his head, you know, and we're like, oh, where's this gonna go? So they're now full on dating. And they go to the carnival, they kiss on the Ferris wheel, and I'm thinking, oh, he's thinking, damn, you taste like a dead dude's dick, you know, like the whole <laughs> fucking time, because you wonder what she's been doing with that plate full of cock. Right. She, He's never been to her house yet. They flash, you know, images of her corpse, and I'm like, is, <laughs> I kept thinking, like, is her, is the corpse jealous? Like, I thought we were going to see him <laughs> with his drippy dick and shit all the fucking standing in the carnival like, what are you doing? Come on, Monica. You really going to do this to us right now? We had something. Uh, but Monica, she's obviously in love with him. That's when she cuts everybody up or whatever, cuts him all up. But And of course, you know, every time, like, even after they cut him up and stuff, immediately after, it's time to have a fucking a, a delicious meal. You know, Mm -hmm. after cutting up a purple dude, you know what I mean? Like who's been dead and fucked a couple of months. Right. Like she's just eating food like it's no big deal. And her new living boyfriend comes over and she's all showing him pictures of her dead relatives. Like and she's like really excited to talk about it. She's like, oh, and this is my dead grandmother. And this is my mom. Yeah. And it's like, the you know, the the pictures they take of people like when they're At in their the coffin and stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they used to do back in the old days where they right. would just like have them sit with the family and stuff. It mm-hmm. was like common, common practice. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm living. So <laughs> and puts the book away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, controversy. <laughs> but they start making out and undressing and then having sex, which which she turns him over. And was just like, lay there like you're dead, you fuck. (laughs) Which she does picture him as a dead body in the middle Mm -hmm. of them having sex. And then he comes after a while. I mean, it wasn't the greatest sex, you know, longest sex there. Mm -hmm. But give the guy a break. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. She was like, ah, the dead guy wouldn't have come. Well, no shit. He's not a functioning human being, you dumb bitch. (laughs) But the next morning, he's, like, made breakfast for her, and he even finds the dick, and they just 
completely just wash over it like nothing happened. Well, then they didn't they cut to a scene where he's hanging from the roof or the ceiling? He's hanging oh, that's from the right. ceiling, right? Because they were like alluding to, oh, she killed him. And he totally realized it was a dick. And that's what we were thinking. Like, oh, she's going to kill him. Right. And he's like, okay, I, it does look like I'm dead. Ha ha ha. We made pictures. Funny. Right. And it's like, what? Yeah, she was just taking Polaroids of him hanging from the ceiling. Right. Like and that's when the music number happened with this, like a spinning corpse head and skull and Monica singing a song while a dude looks at the camera and winks and plays <laughs> piano a lot. <laughs> And then he meets up with, like, his ex-girlfriend. He meets up with the late girl. Yeah, the one that didn't show up to the theater. And he meets up with her for some reason. They don't really explain why. And he's like, yeah. I think because he just needed somebody to talk to. Right, about how she, his girlfriend, his current girlfriend, doesn't like to move him to move when they have sex. He said she's a little perverse. Yeah, like there's something wrong with her or whatever. And then there's, like, this scene where, like, Monica has all her friends over and they're watching this murder seal no, thing. It was an autopsy of a seal. Whatever, but it still, weird. it was disgusting. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that. I'd fast forward it because I was like, nah, and they're all eating chocolates and shit. I did want chocolate, and though. They, and she even had, because she was a doctor, right? Wasn't she? Nurse. Even, she was a nurse, but all her friends were nurses, and she even had the... the, cor- the- decapitated head on the coffee table like with them while they were eating pizza or whatever the fuck it was it's like they have this necrophilia girl club little cult you know little going cult. on yeah wonder wonder if they were kissing the head too or something <laughs> i thought it was funny when the girlfriends were over and then the guy shows up and then like they she introduces him and shit yeah and then he and goes they, like, to sit down and then, then they yeah they just bail they're like yeah i'm gonna it's, <laughs> yeah, it's time to go it's kind of dumb around here now i'm gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> ever since you got here and he's like oh hello i love you i mean i'm still in love with you <laughs> and he's like so what were you guys watching and she was like, oh, nothing. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You have to share Dude, with me. I hate this shit. And so then he po- he's eating his pizza and he's watching it. And at first you think, oh, he's into it, too. They're going to be able to share everything now. But then he was like, this is perverse. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting. And that's when she's like, okay, that he's gone too far. Clearly. Yeah, because he fucking made her show him, you know? Right, but and then you're gonna get mad, like fuck you, dude. (laughs) Would you really expect that though? Like, are you gonna turn it around on him? Fucking no, it's VHS, dude. He's been kissing a woman with a dead dick in her mouth. (laughs) Well, he should have seen the fucking red flags and not even gone over there. Really, and it's not her responsibility to tell him that she's sucking on dead dick all the time because she's a murderer. (laughs) She's not a murderer. She's luring. Yes, she is. When did she murder somebody? She murdered him. Later, but she wasn't a murderer then. She murdered him. Afterwards. What do you mean afterwards? All I'm saying is if you want to have an open relationship with corpses, you have to be honest. It's not going to work. I'm saying. Not from experience. You don't make any sense. Anyway, I'm just being funny and you're not not even getting it. I'm not. I'm trying to be funny. Anyway, sorry, guys. I'm going to go fucking out back and smell the flowers, I guess. (laughs) But anyway, it seems like the new couple aren't getting along and they're going through some weird separation. And then all of a sudden, like, he shows up at her door. They start making out and they start, you know, having sex. And then she gets she does her trick. You know, I'm going to ride you. And it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then she reaches under the bed while she's fucking him, chops off his head. This is what I was talking about. Serbian film. 
where the guy's railing the girl from behind and he chops off her head. Same scene. Oh, but it's different gender, gender swapped in. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? I guess. So basically she's riding him. He's fully erect. He's about to come. He chops off his head with a fucking hatchet. And that, that, that scene was kind of cool because they had his neck pieces. Yeah. That was stretching. That was really cool. And they had his head come through a pillow. So it was kind of like. Yeah, it looked cool because his head, he was still like moving his face and right, shit. Right. Like, so they could make it separated. Like look, yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool how they did that. It was. And then she cuts off his head with a meat cleaver finally. And then she zip ties the, his head or his dick so that it'll stay hard on around his penis and then brings her old fucking corpse head <laughs> and puts it on top of his and rides him with blood all over her and everything. I'm like, wow, what a tangled love triangle she weaves, you know? <laughs> like, I would have never seen that coming. <laughs> but that's if not, it wasn't for in the menu of the fucking not, DVD. <laughs> but that's not the end. Oh, no, you no, think no. that's shocking. Then all of a sudden, she's at a doctor's office, and a doctor comes out and be like, congratulations, you're pregnant. Yeah, I know, like, the great, end. great part three, she fucks the baby. So it is a Serbian <laughs> film. <laughs> Jesus. She kills the baby. It's Oh, that's what happens. The baby dies. She has a miscarriage. And instead of letting it die, she picks it up and fucks it. Because Come on, that's not even funny. No, Christina, because of art. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Out of control. I was just saying, you know, he's a protest film, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, it's fucked up. But you know what I mean? Like, where were they going to go with that? Do you think he'll ever make a third one? No. No. It was 1991. It's 2021. If someone does, though, we got to watch it. You have fun with that. I want to know who would direct the remake. Do you, you think John Carpenter would do it? <laughs> Fuck it around. <laughs> Probably be like someone like Lars von Trier or some shit. You know what I mean? No. Maybe that's too much for him. But he'd probably show people like inserting and stuff like for that. For some reason, I think of Cemetery Man when I uh, think of these movies. Yeah, I guess I could see that. That was a good movie. Yeah. Cemetery Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what it is. Fuck, I've seen it a million times. Right. It's also called Del Morte Del Amor. Right. The Pretty Death. Or something like that. What is it? I can't remember. Del Morte Del Amor. Like of life and death or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, so yeah, that was the 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 climactic ending of Necromantic Two. I still think this one's the better one. It's got the more silly stuff in it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, would you if you had to pick one of your favorites, which of the favorites would you pick? I mean, have you seen these movies? Do these offend you like the last week's movies do? And Christina's done with, uh, apparently yes. February extreme. I'm so happy. You're just going to, you're just going to shut everybody down like that. You don't even give a what shit. What are we going to watch next week? I don't know, Christina. What are we going to watch next week? Oh, so we're watching the Queen of Black Magic. Oh, you're talking about, oh, uh, we could do a double bill of the remake and the, the original whatever, that are on Shutter. Whatever you want to do. What if it has some violence in it? Are you going to, and sex and violence? Sex and violence! Sex and violence! Okay. What do you think? Okay. All right. <laughs> wow, we're really excited about next week, huh, guys? Christina doesn't give a shit anymore. She's like, thanks. I've had enough. Anyway, so next week, guys, we'll be watching Queen of Black Magic from 1981. 
and it looks like uh, the new one that just came out on Shutter called The Queen of Black Magic, which I've heard some different things. I don't know. I haven't really listened to any re- reviews or anything of it yet, so we'll just go into it fresh and watch both these movies. They may not even connect. They may not be remakes or whatever, but they're there, and I figured we might as well watch them together to do something else. If you have any other suggestions of what you'd like us to watch, we have a couple of movies lined up uh, for the future. We did have somebody reach out to us from a production company, one of the directors of another movie. So hopefully we hear back from him for the following week or something like that. But we are just want to be clear. We will be doing more extreme films in the future. It's not, you're not going to dip out all a hundred percent. Yeah, I guess host. Yeah, we just don't yeah. have to like, no, we don't have to do them back to back. Good. Okay. Or never. We, we can do them never. <laughs> she was really not looking forward to these. Nope. But they're done. <laughs> it's done. You're welcome. Goodbye. For letting you off so easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. No, I, I kind of wanted to break from it a little bit, too. Good. But it's fine. It's like, I just didn't want to do so many so quick and so much repetition. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, guys, I hope you're not too disappointed with that. I mean, we could keep going if you really want to push us. You don't want to twist Christina's or my arm. I, I won't. I will bow. Otherwise, we can watch Queen of Magic and Queen of Black, the Queen of Black Magic uh, for next week. But uh, thank you guys so much for coming by. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this movie. Do you think it's one of those rites of passage as a kid thing? Or do you think no one needs to watch this? Would love to hear what you guys think in the comments section down below. Other than that, thanks for coming by. And as always, following the voice.